books. I am writer Danielle Bannister, and I'm joined today by fellow writer Marianne Maria. Welcome, Marianne. Hi, how are you? How you doing, Danielle? I am hanging in there. I got my AC going. I've got four air conditioners in my house, and I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it. I Nor don't, should you be. <laughs> I don't do heat well. I'm one of those people that don't do well in either extreme. And I will be very cranky if I'm hot and only mildly annoyed if I'm cold. But and I, my iced tea. <laughs> I am wildly angry if I'm hot and sweaty. So it's it's really for everybody's safety in my house <laughs> that the air conditioners are running. <laughs> it is my AC bill. I know. It's my fault. But. And like me with coffee in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> we, my kids we all have our things. My kids used to be like, are you going to be a nice mommy or a bad mommy? <laughs> and I look over coffee, at the coffee we'll pot. <laughs> if, you, if I have my coffee, you don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> That's right. So, so what are we talking today? What are we today, talking about today? Yeah, today I thought it would be fun to talk about finding your ideal sort of pre-release reader, right? And, and that, that can be a, a tricky thing, but... Before we, we dive into sort of trying to find that, that perfect reader, I thought it might be helpful to sort of try to define the types of readers that an author can have prior to the book going out to launch, because there are a lot of different types of eyeballs that can go onto the manuscript outside of the editor. Oh, yeah. Before it hits, you know, the shelf. So I thought maybe mm -hmm. we should define maybe that first. So the first one I can think of off the top of my head that, that I will use from time to time on a, on a book is a critique partner. So what would you, what would you classify a critique partner to be for you? A peer. Yeah. An author peer, because you can't expect uh, an average, even a career reader, someone who lives for books, who will devour seven books or more a week. You can't expect them to know the nuances of the writer craft. You know, they know what they like. They might be able to tell you if a sentence is clunky or if it, or if something doesn't add up, or maybe they just didn't like what you did with the character, but they're not going to help you with the mechanics of writing. They're not going to help you with your plot development, with your character development and, and uh, pacing, you know, that type of a thing, whether or not they're, you're- They're not going to be able to say, hey, your midpoint, you need to make that stronger. They're not going to be able to sort of maybe pinpoint those things right. that a fellow author or a colleague Maybe even an editor, a friend, maybe isn't editing your manuscript, but somebody who understands at least the craft Correct. of story construction is what I would consider a critique partner. And I will use a critique partner um, generally when I'm in the first draft of a manuscript and something feels off to me. Like if I can't quite put my finger on why I'm not feeling the story or something just doesn't, it feels bleh to me and I don't I don't know what it is I can't figure out what it is that's when I'll tap a critique partner and I've been tapped as critique partners for, for my author friends too it's like, you just read this for me and tell me what is because usually they will see it right away but oh you didn't do this oh yeah you're right I didn't <laughs> yeah the question that I always because I haven't had a critique partner in a very very long time um Usually it's because most of my author friends that I have hit up, which I have not hit up you yet, um, is uh, 
that they're just busy with their own manuscripts and just don't have the time or they don't want to inadvertently if, if they write in the same genre as me they don't want their own manuscripts to be inadvertently influenced by something that they've read that's mine which you have to respect because you know uh, subliminally it can happen you know, it really can. It can happen. And it's to no fault of theirs. You know, they're not so like, you know, they're they're setting out to do something that's similar or what have you. But it just, you know, it can happen. So. And it can yeah. be hard finding a teaching partner, too, because you sort of want to try to find somebody who is along the same lines of your genre, because they're going to be able to say, you know, if you're writing romance and you haven't introduced your love interest right away, they're going to be able to know, like, oh, the reason that this isn't reading right is because you don't have your hero here. But if the critique partner is, you know, a sci-fi person, they might not pick up on that. So it is helpful also to try to find somebody who is sort of like within your genre. I have actually have a critique partner that I work with now. Um, We meet maybe quarterly um we don't write in the same genre so it it does kind of complicate our feedback a little bit but we're able Mm. to give some feedback about plot and story and character stuff but there are some things that you know i know each of us are not able to really hit that nail on the head of certain things just because we don't write in the exact same genre yeah i mean and it's 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 can be a little intimidating to approach a fellow author especially somebody who it might be a little higher in rank than you are to say, Hey, will you look at my stuff? Because you don't want to sound like you're coming hat in hand and doing the, we're not worthy, you know, you know, you know, salami, salami, bologna dance, you know, that type of a thing, you know? So I, I just aged myself totally with there because that is a total bugs funny, total bugs funny thing <laughs> from the 1940s. So not that I'm that old, but you know, <laughs> anyway, um, we didn't have a lot on TV back then. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, but, um, you know, it can be a little intimidating, you know, and then also if somebody is at the same rank of you or or a newer author, you might feel like, okay, what could they bring to the table? So, but you never have the best advice. Right. They're brand new. So yes, critique partners are, I think, very hard to find. But if you can find somebody that you click with it, and it's a give and take, right? So you can't just always be asking for feedback and then never give it. I mean, right. it has to be a, Absolutely. a sort of a, a mutual exchange. Right, it um, does, it does. And you know, I, I've had author friends of mine who have a circle, like a, like a, a, a critique partnering circle where they'll all take, you know, a, a stab at something that somebody has and then they'll meet, you know, and they'll discuss and so forth. And then if somebody has something that they want to say that maybe, they feel might be less than complimentary, you know, they'll, they'll message you privately, you know, this stuff sucks. No. <laughs> so what so. I do when I, whenever I'm a critique partner with somebody, and this is something that I learned in grad school and it's kind of stuck with me the whole time is I do a PPQ. I do a praise. I'll praise their writing in some way. I'll do a polish, something that I think that if they worked on that could really shine up the manuscript and then a cue, a question question that I have about something and I'll just kind of cycle through and sort of make my comments according to that is this a praise a polish or a question if it's not one of those three I don't need it (laughs) you know so it all goes back to the same thing if you can't be constructive right polite about your criticism then don't say anything at all early draft that you're showing your critique right 
usually. It's usually I mean, not the final manuscript. No, of course not. And you don't want somebody who's just going to blow sunshine up your butt. You know right. what I mean? You want somebody who's going to give you constructive feedback because right. that's how we all grow in our craft from the time that we first, you know, and that's open up the first quote. Yeah, you know, because we, we open know up the first quotation is- marks in, a, in, a, in the first dialogue. So. Yeah, critique partner is definitely something that I would I would really be interested in doing again, um, especially now that my breakneck speed writing will be coming to an end at the end of the month. You know. Um, well, we'll talk about we'll talk about the timing of things too in a minute, but let, let, that's a that's a good point. I want to I want to circle back to that. Yeah, because there's um, no way I would have time right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a factor. Um, some people don't use critique partners at all, and that's fine. I don't. I don't for every single manuscript, only the ones that are the problem children. Um, <laughs> some people employ what they call an alpha reader, which is like the first pair of eyeballs on something. Um, that may or may not go to an author friend. It may go to, you know, a very trusted reader who knows your stuff in and out and can tell you in a heartbeat, yes, I love this character. No, this sucks. You, I want to see more of this or less of that. It might be, you know, yes. like your biggest sort of fan reader that you allow access, that yes. early sort of access yes. to. That's, That's what how I, I define an alpha reader. I, I agree with that because there's, you know, some people say, ah, there's no difference and everything. But no, there is. An alpha reader, in order to be considered an alpha reader, number one, they have to be a super fan. Yeah, they have to be a super fan. They have to be a one clicker. Somebody who knows your world that you built better than you. Yes. You know, so, and we'll call you out. I'm like, no, 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 no. Her hair yeah. was red. Her hair yeah. was red in the first book, yeah. not brown. Did she color it somewhere? If she did, you got to tell That's all you the know? action you're going to show us? Please, woman. I actually had that happen to me with, with Hunter's Blood and Twice Cursed because, you know, I described my character Lily in book one, well, well the prequel, as having, you know, long, dark, chestnutty type hair. And then in book two, it's, she was a honey blonde. And one of my alpha readers looked at me and went, what? What do you mean she's an alpha? What do you mean, what do you mean she's a honey blonde? You're a honey we blonde. We have a Did lot you of your characters head? in our head at once. It's hard to remember all this stuff. So that's why the super fan, who knows, yeah. that we're better than this. <laughs> so I had to write in a little bit, oh, yes, I had to, I like my new hair color and, and my, you know, and the, the, the male MC liked it too because she had a girl's day out and changed her hair. So... I mean, it was just a paragraph, but it right. explained it. It made my it made that alpha reader uh, exhale. Actually, I mean, I, I, I mean, I swear, if we, back in the day, we didn't have Zoom, but I, I swear if I saw her, her, her shoulders would probably be in her ears going, what did you do? Why? You know, that doesn't, so. Yeah. And, it, you know, to, to us as authors, that might seem like minutia, but mm-hmm. it's something that will stick in a reader's craw and be like. It'll take them out of the story. Yes. And then. We exactly. don't want that. We want no. we want you submerged fully, forgetting yep. the outside world. Yes. We want to capture your attention. We don't want anything. So, and an alpha reader is great at stuff like that. Things yes. that are completely wonky, or you know, usually uh, if I'm using an alpha reader, uh, it's probably like a second or third draft. Like it, it ha- it's not completely done yet, but it's. I feel less vulnerable about that draft for me, and I can you know ask this reader. Did, was there enough of, you know, of this? Did you want more of this? Was, you know, whatever it is that I'm wondering, did I hit enough? They can yes. sort of help me figure out if if I've succeeded or if I need to go back and do a little bit more work. Right, right. Yeah. 
I mean, I, you know, an editor can do that for you too. Like we were talking before we started recording that a good editor will do that. I mean, I just had with, um, you know, the, the, the sirens mate, you know, it was like all of a sudden they were, you know, you know, they were, they both had feelings for each other, but then they take a cab ride and then the next chapter opens up and they're already kind of, you know, all over each other. And she's like, when did this happen? Wait a minute, when did this yeah. happen? So I had to. Well, it also depends to... on the type of editor that you're hiring. Yeah. If you're hiring somebody who's just doing live edits, that's not in their perimeter to look no. for. So no, you've got to be careful. You can't just assume that your editor is going to catch everything. If you want to no. be, that's where these readers come in handy. They help right. you figure this stuff out so that Maybe you cannot spend quite as much on an editor that does the content. I mean, I had a, I, I had a very, I mean, I'm, I have a really good relationship with my editor. So when I wrote this, because I was writing it so fast, it's the sirens me. And, you know, it was supposed to be only 35,000 word long novella. And it turned out to be, you know, almost 60,000 words. So, you know, I sent her an email saying, here it is, have at it. Don't ask me what I wrote. I have no idea. <laughs> so because it was, it, it just I wrote it so fast. So and I yeah. said to her, this is going to need probably a second or a third pass because I know there's going to be issues where things don't line up, and I need your eyes and your you know as you're paying attention reading to tell me what doesn't line up. So if I had the time, since I'm writing these books at breakneck speed because I need three of them done by the end of June, and two are done, and this is the third one that I'm writing, I would have had an alpha reader be able to tell me that so you know if you have the chance to be really develop it then please go ahead and do that have your you know and you know this is something you and I discussed also is what do we give these alpha readers but um let's talk a little bit more of the other different different kinds of readers then we can circle back to that the reward system right right um so probably the next logical one would be a beta reader and sometimes some, some authors will use beta and alpha readers sort of interchangeably. Yeah. Um, for me, they are a little bit different. A beta reader is is when I think I'm as done with it as I'm going to, it's before I send it to the editor. I've got what I've got, and here, take a look at it. See if you see anything else that I need to add, because it's going to the editor next month or whatever. And if they come back with feedback and like, oh, okay. I need to I need to get this done now so that it's all clean for the editor. That's what I'll use a beta reader for. Now there's not always time to do no. a beta reader. It all depends on what your release schedule is, and and we'll we'll touch on that in a bit too. But I mean, beta readers for me because uh, I I did have a beta reader group. Um, beta readers for me are interchangeable with advanced release copy arc okay. readers. That is my definition. Other people have their own definition. But for me, those are the ones I use interchangeably. An alpha reader will be part of my team to while, I, while I'm crafting, while I'm crafting, you know, um, an earlier draft, like you said. But when something is, is polished enough to want to go to the editor and I just want to have readers' eyes on it to tell me, does this sound like me? Does it follow the path of the other? Does it pick up, you know, the 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 the, the same feel as, as the other books in the series? Or if it's a new series for you know book one in the series, will it, you know, will, does it hit the mark with you as a reader, as one of my readers? You know, would you buy this book? Type of a thing. And the other thing I use the um, arc readers and you know slash beta readers for is to 
get have reviews have reviews sure. ready to go up you know right. and yes they will have to say that they were given they, they're they writing this they were given the book to right. to, to to read this is the you know, for an honest review um so that could get a little tricky sometimes because you know people think it's quid pro quo you know that type of thing but when the beta reader is given a book um that is basically ready to be published ready to hit the button to be published it's because you trust them that they're going to do their job which is read it give you honest feedback about the 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 99.9% finished product and that they will craft a review so that when the book is released those reviews can go up right away because we all know that the more reviews you get the higher your ranking the more amazon and the other distribution channels will show your, your it's books it's a necessary evil for sure yeah but see i guess for me the the, the arcs for me are after it's come back from the editor for me an arc is that is the final copy that i'm going to upload so my arc readers what i have them look for primarily is do you see any typo or formatting issue those are the things i want you to be looking at because at this point it's too late for me to really make content edits if i'm that close to hitting the publish button so my arc readers are this is it but should you find a complete wrong typo or if you see that the chapter heading is you know 10 sizes too big i want to know that so for me an arc reader is it's it's polished it's ready it's edited i'm gonna hit the button unless you see something <laughs> yeah well it's, to me that's it. you know like i i use them interchangeably for that you know what i mean uh so and again it depends on when you have time to do it you might only have time to do an arc read because you have to upload this manuscript in a couple of weeks and you need your arc readers to read it right this second so there might right. not be time for them to give you feedback on content they might only have time to look for because now the the only other thing that i know that people have done that are make that will draw the line between arc reader and beta reader is they will have beta readers do chapter by chapter where they mm -hmm. will actually send yeah. one chapter you know a week and have their beta readers each read it then the beta readers can meet amongst themselves and then discuss the book and then come back to you once a week, to, you know, for you to say what was wrong with this chapter or what they would want you to see, you know, and so forth. Again, alpha readers too will do that. You know, I think it's probably better to have your alpha readers do that than your beta readers. It really depends on what you want to call them, right. you know, and what you right. what you None look to get out of None of these are hard them. and fast definitions. These are just sort of vague ways that authors use them. Now, every the, author will use them a little differently. The, Alpha readers that are your one clickers, they, you know, they will write their review whether you, whether you want them to or not. <laughs> They're just going to do it, you know, or they'll leave you a ranking anyway. Um, the problem I've had in the past with ARC readers and beta readers is, as, as opposed to the alpha readers, you know, you've got to put the alpha readers in a separate, you know, they, they go on a pedestal because they're your super fans, okay? But your beta readers and your alpha readers, um, I'm, I'm sorry, your beta readers and your ARC readers, is that people don't follow through with what they say they're going to do. And I actually have an author friend of mine who has them fill out a questionnaire when they want to join the ARC team. They understand, you know, they have to they have to write that they understand what their um, their responsibilities are, and they're given they're given like a three strike type of a thing. If you're if you're given the book to ARC, you know, to 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 read an ARC reader. Or beta reader and you don't fulfill what you're supposed to do which is like writing your review 
posting about it on social media, you know, um, you know, taking of taking the book and saying, hey, I just aren't read this book. It's fabulous, you know, and, and put it in your reader groups that you belong to. You know, it's a it's a way to be able to foster second secondary promo almost, yeah. you know, it's, you yeah. know, where it's not coming from you, you're not spamming the group, but one of the, one, an actual reader word is going, yeah, is going yes, exactly. Yeah, I have, I have a form that I use for my art readers and, and I keep tabs on it. I will check to see who is, you know, and I don't require that they have to, you know, I, I say it would be great. It would be super awesome if you could. And you know, if you didn't like the book, you know, you don't have to leave a review if you don't want to. It's it's up to you. No, but, but I'll keep it, I'll keep tabs to see, you know, who's, who's following doing. through. And if right. somebody is consistently like signing up, but not they don't get they don't get the next book. <laughs> it just I keep well, tabs. So yeah. 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 And yeah. it's it's not a matter of like you're not giving them the book. They're not doing this so that they get the free book. You know, that they're, they're right. doing it because they want to belong to the group. You know what I mean? And that that's well, they how they want to help support you. Right. And they like your writing and they so, want to see it before anybody else. And so, and could it's, you it's a scratch my back, scratch my back, you know, I'll scratch your back, you know, I'll give you a fun read. You let me know if you liked it. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is, is that, you know, there are some people who have a point system. You know, I have a, a, an author friend of mine that has a very strong arc group. And for, you know, they, they all get the book on the same day. And, you know, when they post their, if they post a review on the release day, you know, they, they, they all get a certain amount of points for posting it. If they post one on Amazon, if they post one on Goodreads, if it's, if you're wide, if they do it on, um, you know, on all the other, the other, you know, distribution channel sites, or if they put them on, put up the review in a book club or, you know, in various groups on Facebook and so forth. So the point system, and then they, you know, it's almost like, like, remember when we were kids, you used to go to the arcade and you used to get those tickets, tickets? and you used to have to go and you could redeem the tickets for things. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is what you can, re they can redeem their yeah. points for things. They can redeem their points for signed that paperbacks. That has got to be a full-time writer who does that point system, because yeah. that's a lot of maintenance to have to, to yeah. I'm not quite to that extent, because you know the well, day job sucks away too much time, but it's not a bad idea. It's not a no. bad idea if you've got the time to do it. No, no, and it's, it's a incentive. lot of things like like people have like like leftover swag that they have sure. from different different you know conventions, and they'll put like a mi a mix and match of of different things, pins and magnets, yeah, and pens and and, and so forth. And then that's something, you know, if you get a certain amount of points, this is it, you get a swag pack and you mail it out and you can mix it up and you, you know, that way. I have a friend of mine who does it with t-shirts and tank tops and, and, and sweatshirts and stuff that, you know, that she does, you know, and so that if you're, but you, that would be somebody who's a higher echelon producer, yeah, you, you know. <laughs> You've kind of been making a little bit of money and uh, have the uh, ability to do something like that. But if you're just starting so, out, you can keep a simple spreadsheet. <laughs> just yeah. kind of say oh this person actually posted on amazon or they posted on goodreads or they shared on social media or you know i don't care where you're posting about it obviously amazon is is best for readers right. For, right. for authors but not everybody has uh, an amazon account that they're spending 50 dollars a month on to maintain to be able to give the privilege of leaving a review or they are connected to you in some way and they therefore they cannot review for you but you know they could leave a review on goodreads they could post on facebook hey i just read this great book 
of that is really helpful for a new release. Yeah, absolutely. Any amount of eyeballs is... Now, the dreaded dun-dun-dun treasure hunter. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. The dreaded treasure hunter. So a treasure hunter to me is somebody who is signing up just for the free book and... There's no intention. They never, ever leave a review. They never interact. They just want the freebie book. And who knows? They may be taking it and putting it on a Pirating it. You you don't know. So, I mean, it's a real danger. So, ARC readers, in my opinion, really should, you should be kind of vetting them a little bit and making sure that these are people that aren't going to necessarily, you know, throw your book out on a pirating site because that doesn't help. Yeah, you're not going to put an ad up on Craigslist for for ARC readers. You're not going to go on TikTok and say, hey, who wants to be an ARC reader? Well, you know, uh, an author recently did that. She gave away like 600 ARC copies. And I mean, it's a game plan. It's a game plan. I I think it worked for her. So, I mean, who's to say? Who's to say what works and what doesn't? So you, you sort of have to find your own sort of Lying in the sand. Oh, I get it. I mean, you know, and I had, I just uploaded Sirens Mate last week, and you know, it's it's funny because then I got a uh, a Google alert with you know free EPUB, you know PDF of the Sirens Mate, and I'm thinking to myself, it hasn't even been up for 24 hours yet. Yeah. How the hell? This has to be somebody uh, in Amazon because I hadn't had any sales yet. I hadn't had any patrons yet. I hadn't had a chance to have to even populate. So, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? And I made the mistake. I made the mistake. Hangs the head in shame. I clicked, and it was, and it was a, like a spam. Not even so much a spam. It was malware. Wow. You know. So you got to be careful. You know. And it's like, it's, it, I, I don't know. I think they play with your, your, your emotions with that, that, you know, you're yeah. like, oh my God, it's freaking pirated. It has, it's not even 24 hours old, but, but you know what? That means you've made it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah. So I guess uh, what are, what are, what are, what would for you would, I mean, we've sort of discussed, we, we've discussed what would sort of make the ideal critique partner, somebody who is that sort of, your genre appear who's going to be able to give you some good feedback about your manuscript. What would make a good uh, alpha alpha read? I guess we just decided was like a mega fan, yeah, a, a beta fan. reader. Who would make a, an ideal sort of beta reader for you? People who are active in your reader group that might necessarily buy everything. They're not one clickers, but they're active in your reader group. Um, People who open your newsletter, you know, who you read could, a new genre. I mean, right. Yep. It, so, yeah. I mean, if you have people who open your newsletter and read your newsletter, but they don't always click, they might make a good beta reader because they're opening your newsletter. So they're interested in what you, what you have to say. So maybe they're short on cash. Maybe they're short on time, but they might like the idea of you giving them a book. And you can say, this is, you know, would you, you could, you could reach out to them via their email address because you have their email address because they, they open your newsletter and say, Hey, I've noticed that you open my newsletter all the time. You know, I, I so appreciate you. Would you like to be a beta reader? And that would mean you get 
a free copy of the book, but you would have to, there are certain things that I would, I would expect you to do. And they'll either say yes or no. And, you know, life does get in the way. So you can't just, you know, you can't be like, you know, Robespierre with off with their heads the minute that they, you know, they, uh, <laughs> they don't well, it's do hard what they're to supposed because to do. The beta read, you have a certain amount of time that they have to read it in, right? So it's not just a, oh, I'll read this book when I have the time to. There's usually a pretty, a time tight, frame. A pretty tight time frame, maybe right. a month, a couple weeks, a week. I mean, it depends on what the, the author's turnaround time is. And people might just not have the time to do that. Or they might sign up and be like, yeah, I can do this, but then, you know, life gets in the way. Right. You know, the beta readers that reach out to me, because I'll send reminders you know, when things are due, like you get another week to read this or whatever. If they reach out to me and say, you know what, life really just got, I, 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 I still want to read it, but I might not be able to get the review up when you want it to. That person is, is still going to get right. the next, you know. Communication. I, yeah. I yeah. think that's something that you, you said, what do I look for in, a, in an ideal beta reader with, with that? And even with my alpha, my alpha readers, it's communication. Yeah. I don't expect my alpha readers to just tell me, oh my God, no, I don't expect fawning. I don't expect them to say, oh, you're so wonderful. Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, an your art reader so can well. do that. An art reader can do that. <laughs> <laughs> an art reader can say, all oh, that flowery stuff is their review. But no, I want, you know, pointing out the bad stuff. <laughs> right, right. You have to put on your black twinky hat and you have to tell me what's, what's going on. And hope I don't turn you into a frog. Yep. <laughs> so. Yep. so do, now we've talked about all these types of, different types of readers i can't think of any others off the top of my head that i would that i would no. use um is do you need all of them as an author like if there's a new author listening and like oh my god do i have to find all these readers? No. do you need all of them no you don't no. you don't um first of all it would be like having a staff that you have to maintain you'd have to get a <laughs> pa just to keep it keep track of everything you know if you have the one clickers you know your super fans being your alpha readers and then you're gonna have to have a group beta readers and then after that you're going to have to get you know arc readers forget it i mean and you can't have somebody who's already read the book and giving you critiques have to you can't go back to them and say could you, could you read it again you know you don't want to do that either you know you want to you know because then then it becomes a drudge and you don't want to have this become a drudge you want to keep it fun because you keep it fun and you give them little rewards then your readers are like hey this is cool i want to do this and readers love time with their authors especially if they're fans they love the facetime with you and i don't mean actual facetime i mean they love that you know them by name that they have your email that they can go back and forth with you about your books it gives them a they know that they have a special place in your author world and it gives them bragging rights Oh, you know, I'm friends with so-and-so and, you know, I, I was able to read their book ahead of time. They rely on me, you know, so it's, and it's true. We do. Yeah. <laughs> so, not just blow and smoke. They, no, they do. I know. And it's, you know, so I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be, for, be a brat right, no, about it either. I, I mean, I'm just saying, I know that readers absolutely love to, to act, to, to be an integral part of your life because you are an integral part of theirs with your stories. They feel like they know you. So this gives a special elite group of people access to a peek behind the curtain as to what goes on in an author's life. And that's something that not everybody has, you know? And then the more success you have, don't give up your alpha readers. And if you have a really good ARC team, don't give them up. 
you know, you ha may have to weed them out. You may have to say, okay, chop, chop, ladies, let's go. Come on, we have to get stuff done every once in a while. But, you know, if you have people who are loyal to you, you have to be loyal to them they as well. They are worth their weight in gold. Absolutely. They are. Absolutely. They are. So, so that said, of, of the different types of readers, is there one that if you could only have one? For a release, like there's only time to have one type of reader. What one would like be an absolute? See, because I can't keep, I can't put a critique partner in that same group. So if you could have a critique partner, get a critique partner, somebody that you trust, somebody that you That's that knows important. the industry, knows writing, knows your genre. But in terms of alpha, beta, and and uh, arc reader, I would say alpha. Those yeah. are the ones that I would want, the alpha reader. Because an alpha reader can do the job of a beta reader or an arc reader, but not vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Because a beta reader, they'll know your books. An arc reader is somebody who maybe has read some of your books, yeah. but they don't may, maybe don't know your world better than you do, where your yeah. alpha reader will. They will mm -hmm. know your world better than you do. And they will talk about your book, whether you ask them to or not. I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because authors, we're not so good at asking people to talk about our book or share our book. We're not the best at promoting ourselves. So oh, we, some people are. I just I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm I not would, great you know, at it. I'm like, not uh, great at it. So I wanted to circle back to something that we talked about a little bit before. Well, actually, a couple of points we we talked about before. Uh, one, how do you compensate your readers, or do you compensate your is it is it just something that they do out of the kindness of their heart? Do you give them something in return? Is something expected? Or is it, you know what? You've given me this reading experience, which I'm going to treasure. Thank you so much. Of course, I will give you a review in exchange. And that's it. All done? No. At least not for me. Some, some authors, I can't speak for them. They right. might say, I've given you my book. You've got my book for free. You know, and and you you read it, and yeah, you gave me feedback, but and I've given you a reader experience, but you know, and you have access to me. That should be enough. I don't I don't look at it that way. I don't have that big of an ego where access to me and being able to read my books is enough of a reward. You know, I want I don't ever like to feel like I'm taking anybody for granted. So in my in you know, in in my respect, when it comes to having alpha readers you have to have some kind of a reward system, whether it's that they get access to unpublished material, they get access to chapters that nobody else has yet, and that they're going to be the ones who get it first, you know, or that they're the ones who are going to help you name a character, or you're going to name a character after them, you know. Or you're going to put them or, in your thank yous, your acknowledgments, right. your dedication. That type of a thing. You can put all of that stuff. Um, they, get, they get swag, you know, whether it's little little um, leftover swag that you have that you're putting together, or if you have specific swag that's made for your alpha group. You know, when I started back in the day, I had readers that were my one clickers. And as a brand new author, I ordered um, Got Blood, you know, uh, sweatshirts. That had a that had a you know vampire teeth on them and a drip of blood down the side, but it was black on a red sweatshirt. And I sent them to my alpha readers. And you know, if, every once in a while, one of them will take a picture of themselves in it and they'll put it on Facebook and say, "Look what I found in my drawer." You know, it, it's 
because that was a thank you for them when they had helped me go through three books in the Curse by Blood series. So, well, uh, but uh, here's here's something. I mean, you could also give away paperbacks. But here's yes. another thing for, especially for for new authors, consider the cost of what this is going to financially cost you too. I don't think either one of us are suggesting go out and buy a hundred. Oh no 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 no! At, you know, you've got to be looking at your budget. What's realistic for Absolutely, you? Absolutely, yeah. It, it, you might not be able to give them physically anything outside of thank you or a mention on social media that you know you thank them for their service or you know whatever it is right acknowledgement you know, it, it right. doesn't it doesn't cost you anything to to have an acknowledgement page thanking their readers and then they get to see their name in print you know small things like that you can do that that aren't going to be a huge financial burden but if you have the means sure spoil them right you know because they're, they're worth it it could also be as, excuse me, as simple as buying a box of thank you cards at the dollar store, and, and then writing, order, yeah. you know, and ordering like you know stickers from Sticker Mule when they have their sale that you can get fifty you stickers for ten bucks. You could make your own stickers with a, with a some Avery labels, even Avery yeah. labels. You know, you yeah. can design something, or even just a handwritten thank you card without right. anything in it, just something from you personally thanking right. them for for taking the time, sending out. it all to them. Yeah, I you mean, can even print out a couple. You know, if you've got a printer at home, you can print out a couple of character interviews you know fun things that they don't normally they wouldn't normally get you know and you could say hey um you know it, like with me with my my vampire carlos carlos i could say hey i was talking about talking to carlos about you yesterday and this is what he had to say and i could you know create the conversation in my head about them talk, you know we're talking to one of my characters about them or whatever their favorite character is in your group in your book you know? Lots of different ways you could can do something inexpensively um, that isn't going to either be a cost prohibitive or time prohibitive. I mean, you can get a, you can get creative with it, but it's important that these particular readers are that special, and right. and and every author really needs to have some group of of readers, whether that's critique partners, whether that's alpha readers, whether that's beta or arc readers you you right. need those readers before it goes out to help make it the best manuscript that that you can put out there so it's right. it's vitally important and, and this is not in in lieu of editing no 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 so don't get we're no. not saying that at all no this no, is no, in, no. in addition yeah. to in addition editing to, and a lot of times prior to editing yeah editing is not just because animal. you have all these readers doesn't mean you can skip the editor. Please don't. No. No. <laughs> Please don't. Not so, only will readers ding you for it, but Amazon will ding you for it and yeah. will take your content down. So yes. don't do it. <laughs> don't the do other it. thing is that, um, you know, when we were talking about, like, me writing at breakneck speed, okay, mm -hmm. I started writing um, – the book that was is going to be released in in about uh, ten days uh, for Robin Peterman's Magic and Mayhem series it's called it's called Witch Upon a Star. I wrote word one of that on April sixteenth, and I was finished with it by the end of the month, by the end of April. And then I had to pick up the Sirens Mate that I had only about fifteen thousand words written already in it, and I had to finish that one. And we already said that one went. 
that one went to almost 60,000 words and I finished that May 22nd. And then I had to do Jeepers Reapers 2, which I'm still, you know, going back and forth with, you know, with brainstorming and the and and kind of a critique partner, you know, because I just don't I don't have the the, the time to actually sit and let the let the work marinate for itself. So I, yeah. I'm hitting up people that I know my my creatives that I know going, hey, what do you think about this idea? And you know, hashing it out and then typing away like like a breakneck speed because that has to be done by the end of by the end of has to be done by June 20th has to go to the editor by June 20th so time management yeah. is some do not do this at home okay yeah. you know like the disclaimer do yeah. not do not do what yeah. I do do what I say okay which is build in time well do what I do yes <laughs> not me not me so not I me. so this is this is a, a good segue because I'm actually writing a series of a sort of a rapid rapid for me series the uh where you left me series volume one is out volume two is out volume three is going to the editor in a week or so and i'm writing volume four volume five will come shortly but i i planned this out so that i would know i would have this much time to write it i would have this much time for you know arc readers i would have there was no time for beta readers here <laughs> there was no time for betas if you're trying to do a rapid release there's just no time but i had i did have to make sure that I need this, this to the editor a month. It has to be ready a month before the book is ready so that there's time for the beta readers to actually, uh, alpha readers, no, arc readers, arc readers to read it before it actually hits publish. So it's a lot of planning and strategizing if you want to make sure you actually have time for these things to be read and do as she says not as i do <laughs> you know actually it's it's i always say this all the time and our other colleague that's part of our mod pod here is you know tina moss and tina and i are we're both cut from the same cloth we call it hostage deadlines and that's exactly what we do and we do it to ourselves all the time and every so, time you say never again and then look here we go so three books from from April sixth. Yeah, actually, from the beginning, from April first oh. until June twentieth. Three, oh, three, three I books. Can't, I can't even so, imagine that. That would make my my brain bleed. It so make my brain bleed. I'm having yeah. a hard enough time, like looking over my final draft of a volume three and a first draft of a volume four, sort of like side by side because they're both they're so close and it's this hurts. So I'm not sure I'll ever do a series like this unless I've already written it and planned it out like I had it all outlined but I, I think I would want to write more in advance if I were to do a series like this again to have some more because it's a lot of braining yeah it's it a, a lot, lot of braining and yeah yeah so I think we've actually done a pretty good job of discussing the different types of readers i'd be curious to know what if there are authors that are listening or watching what types of readers they really love or yeah. really find useful or if we've forgotten uh, a type of reader that that you use and, and, and i'd love to to know more about that absolutely and i had a thought and it went away it went away oh you know the other this here it's yes. back it's back it's um, back <laughs> other thing that your alpha readers be 
because they know your world better than you, is you can ask them to put together a world Bible for you. If you have a good, if you have a really good reader, you know what I really need? I don't, I don't need necessarily a, a, a world um, Bible because I don't, I write contemporary. Or, or a character Bible. Yeah, I need like a, I need like a name Bible. Like, who have I already used this character? Because I did it already in this one. I'm like, oh my God, I have already used this character. And it's, it's already published. I can't change the name. I'm like, I've already used that character's name already. I don't believe that. I mean, granted, it was a book that I wrote years ago, but I'm like, I can't. I can't remember these things. I need, See, I need help. I don't mind reusing, reusing a name I like if it's in a different series. That doesn't bother me. It's but different, but it bugs me. It bugs because me. I have... <laughs> Because in the Sirens Mate, the main character is Jason, okay? J-A-Y-S-O-N, okay? And she, the main character calls him Jace, J-A-Y-C-E. Yeah. Now, in Taste Me, which is part of my club vampire, I have, I have Jace Matthews, who's a cowboy, who is also a, a, now a vampire because he was, he was turned. That's and he's okay. J-A-C-E. That's so, okay. that's okay. See, that's different. I think I literally spelled the same exact spelling of this name. Oh. I am an idiot. It's no, you're really, not. Really no, you're just a, you're a busy author. I just have too many characters. <laughs> but an, uh, but a, an alpha reader, a good alpha reader, will be able to oh, help no. you put together a Bible. Whichever kind of Bible you need. Whether yeah. it's a character Bible, a, character a name Bible. Bible you know, a physical attribute Bible that can go under character, you know, and a world Bible or, an, or all of the above, you know, and that's something, if somebody goes to that trouble to do that, that is something that requires a big thank you. That's that is something you have to. entire collection of the book signed. Here you go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you get them all. <laughs> that's, that requires a big thank you. And if any of my readers happen to be looking at this and you want to help out and put together a character Bible for me, I will reward you big time. So contact yeah. me. It's amazing how little time we actually have to do some of these things that we really should do. But anyway, all right. I think that does it for us. Thank you for watching Bound by Books. We will see you back here next week. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Happy reading. Thank you for listening to the Bound by Books podcast. For more information about the show and all of our hosts, visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review.